A quick reminder, the hosts of this show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only and nothing said on the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. Hello and welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. Today's episode is number 43, and this is Mike Frost. And today on the podcast, we'll be discussing potential changes in the tax laws, capital gains taxes, step-up bases, and the potential impact on inflation and what this means to you. And Matt's going to give us some ideas. Okay, if this does come to fruition, what should you do? So welcome to the podcast. We got Matt, our senior VP. Matt, you ready for this? I'm ready. Let's go. And our... Director of our marketing director and producer extraordinaire, Natalie. Natalie, are you ready to talk about taxes and what potential could happen? This should be a good one. Uh, they're all good ones, of course, because you make us look good on the podcast. Okay, Matt, let's jump in. Everybody's been hearing about these new taxes. We got the stimulus plan out there, that $1.9 trillion that we did a podcast on last week. And, and now, now, okay, we got to pay for it. So here's some of the proposals. These are all proposals, folks. None of these are in law yet, but these are proposals, and we want to go over those, and what is the likely impact to you? All right, Matt, let's start off with the income tax. What's the, what's the proposal for the income tax? What changes he want to make, they want to make? Yeah, so if everyone who's kind of been paying attention, you know, Biden's pro, quote-unquote promise has been, you know, not changing taxes for people making under 400000 So, what ends up coming to fruition? Who knows? It could be a lot different. But what's being said now, the proposals are that the for people making above four hundred thousand, the tax rates go from thirty-seven to thirty-nine point six. Um, Social Security tax on all income above four hundred thousand. So currently, you know, you pay the Social Security tax on up to is it one hundred thirty-six? One hundred thirty-seven, I believe. One hundred thirty-seven thousand, and then after that. You don't continue to pay the Social Security tax. Well, now there would be this window where that would still be true, but then if you made above four hundred thousand, the income above that started getting taxed again. Correct. So, so we created a donut hole. Right. So you pay your Social Security up to one hundred thirty-seven around those numbers, and then no more Social Security tax until you hit four hundred thousand. Now I've read several things about well, how, who says that gap won't close over time? Right. And, and that 137 goes to 400, and then you're going to be paying Social Security tax on all of it. Well, Social Security needs to be shored up anyway, so that may be a good thing. Uh, it might not be a good thing if you had to pay the tax. So that ends up meaning they're going to be have an increase of about a 15% increase in their marginal tax dollars if you're making 400,000. Now, there is a question, Matt. Is it 400,000 per person or 400,000 per family? Per family, yeah. That could be a big difference. Okay, so if this does come to fruition, what do you suggest that people do? Well, r- real quick, before I jump into that, the, the I think the concerning part for me on all of this, before we get into all the, the rest of the details, is it's a slippery slope, right? And so some of these things may not sound, oh, well, that doesn't sound that bad, right? But once it's started, you know how Congress is. It, it doesn't matter if they're Republicans, Democrats. Once something is proposed and actually comes into, into law, it's so much easier to advance it from that point on. Um, and that's the concerning part is this is just the tip of the iceberg, I think, for what could 
could be ahead. But anyways. Well, on that topic, yeah. I saw a talking head on TV the other day saying, you know, once a, a government program is instituted, it's almost never killed. Right. So to your point, once these things are passed, it is hard as heck to get rid of them. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So, so what do we do? So one of the things you can look at doing is, is accelerating income or, or not being as concerned about deferring income would be another way to, to say it in, in the current situation. So this year, so if you're normally contributing a lot of money to your 401k pre-tax and you're deferring that income out to the future of where it's going to be, maybe we should look at, maybe all of this year should be a Roth contribution. If you have a Roth 401k at work, maybe you should look at doing some Roth conversions. All of these scenarios are going to be very specific to the situation, what, you know, what someone has, where they have it, what their income level is. But, but just the idea of paying more taxes this year, while we know the current rates, while before some of this stuff likely comes to, comes to fruition, make probably makes a lot of sense. On that topic, Matt, so everything that we've read and we know about, it doesn't appear, it could, it doesn't appear that it, they'll make any of these new laws retroactive to January 1 of 2021. Most likely, again, we don't know, most likely they'll take effect in 2022. So everything you're mentioning there is do it now. Get right. it done this year, assuming these are not retroactive. Right. And and something we've talked about a lot in the past is, you know, say these these things do come into place. How is that going to impact the sunset provision on the old Trump tax? Is it going to extend it? Is it going to, are they still going to let the old rates sunset back into effect? Because if that's the case, people making much, much less are going to be, you know, still going to see taxes increase here in five years. So there's a lot of, there's a huge question mark out there. I think the the thing we can probably all somewhat agree on is taxes are likely going to be higher in the future than they are today. Very general statement, but I think something we can agree on. So if we think and believe that, what should we be doing today? Yeah. And, and a couple of things to add to that, Matt. So if you are in that income bracket, whether it's a family or as a person making $400,000 a year, and, and you know this is being talked about, couple of things that Matt's already talked about. If you can bring income into 2021 that you know it's coming in 2022, do that, lower tax rate. If you do Roth conversions, do it now at a lower tax rate. If you have stock options, exercise them now. Pay the taxes now versus later when they'll be higher. If you can get bonuses that are going to be paid out the first of next year, pull them back into this year if you can. Uh, I was reading something about convert to an S-Corp because dividends are not subject to employment taxes and stock options. They're not subject to social security taxes. So there's a few things you can do if you're in that kind of income bracket that you can be thinking about and, and talking to a financial advisor, talking to a, your CPA. What if, what should I do now? Okay. All right, Matt, that's that we talked about income tax. Wow. We, I think everybody would agree that taxes somehow are going to go up in the future. So anything we can do now when taxes are quote on sale, I call them on rollback. Now's the time to do it. All right. What about capital gains? Matt, can you explain what capital gains mean for those that may not know what that means? So, yeah. So capital gains, if you have investments in, I mean, this can apply to real estate too. So it's not specific to like the stock market um, or bond market or whatever. But let's let's look at it through that lens since that's kind of what we're talking about. If you have a non-qualified investment account, so a joint account, a broker, you know, joint brokerage account, a trust account, individual, it's not an IRA, 
of any sort, then you're going to pay gains. You're going to pay taxes on the gains that are generated inside of that account. And if those gains are generated in less than 12 months, you're going to pay your ordinary income rate on it. And if they're paid out, if they're gained 12 months and beyond, so over a year, you're going to pay currently, you're paying long term capital gains, which can be anywhere from 0, 15, or 20%, depending on your income level. So typically, it's a lot. It's a lower rate if they're long-term gains. So that's kind of what gain, long-term capital gains are today. The proposal is that if you're earning above a million dollars, that's essentially going to go away, and you're going to be paying forty-plus percent on any and all gains, regardless wow. of when they happen. So, so I go from paying twenty-something percent to forty percent, double my taxes on any gains I'm making in my investments that are not IRAs or four hundred one k's. Right, and the the where this really is going to be interesting and impact a lot more people than they may say, because a lot of people may say, "Well, I've never made over a million dollars in a year in my life. I'm never going to." Well, what if you have property? And you sell the property, and in that year you have a very large, in, you know, amount that's that's made because you sold a two million dollar property. Well, now instead of those gains being taxed at maybe long term rates, fifteen twenty percent, are they taxed at forty percent? Right. So it's not. We don't know. It's if it's just hey, if you have W two income of a million plus, that those are going to be the only ones impacted. I think. Some of these things in roundabout ways will end up trickling down to a lot more people. Man, I actually have a client that this would have impacted. They did just what you said. They sold some property, huge gain, seven-figure gain. So what this says is they're going to pay maybe $200,000 this year. If they had waited till next year and this goes into account, they're going to pay $440,000 on that. Forty. Oh, and we that would hurt and and think if we haven't got to it we hopefully we'll have some time but the step up so what if the step up in basis goes away so you inherit property you don't get the step up in basis and this property was bought for 100,000 and it's now worth 3 million so you're you're on the hook for that that 2.9 million dollar gain and now you're not only on the hook for with long term rates but you're on the hook at maybe 40% i mean the numbers get really out of out of hand pretty quick. So man, even though we, we talked about $400,000 income, a million dollars income, this can impact just about everybody if there's these things that potential could happen to you. Right. Inherit something or have a piece of property to sell. So if, if, if you do have some highly appreciated stock, some property you're thinking about selling, what should they do? Well, they can they can look at um, realizing some of those gains now, if that makes sense. Now, I, w- I will say kind of, as a disclosure, just because some of these things are potentially going to come to place does not mean rush out and sell everything, right? There are other things we can look at. One thing that came to mind is, you know, the the whole uh, idea of using life insurance to pay end of life. You know, if, if taxes are going to be more of an issue at end of life and inheritance and passing along assets than than previously known, then utilizing life insurance can make a lot of sense. So there are other things we can do. So don't just rush off and say, hey, say, honey, we're selling everything because we want to pay taxes on all of it this year. But you might ask the question, you probably need to talk to your CPA, your financial advisor, your attorney, and, and make sure you're doing the appropriate planning. Do the planning. So just be prepared. Okay. Itemized deductions. This is what almost everybody could do. I mean, we have a standard deduction. A lot of people use that. But Matt, we were talking before the podcast that, you know, this was first year you itemized and it really helped you on taxes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So 
currently the you know the standard deductions i think 24,800 is that this year somewhere in that range and so a lot of people take advantage of that because their deductions don't add up to more than that but a lot of people because of their home their mortgage interest and their tithes to their church and their all of these other deductions can pretty quickly get above and beyond that number and depending on how much you're making depending on what your deductions are like you said this could impact a lot of people and um, this was the first year we had we really felt the benefits of the itemized deduction. So this could definitely have an impact on, you know, how people give, right? I mean, I, not not saying we want to give just for the tax benefits, but if if some of those big tax benefits are going away and you're not going to realize all of those benefits in one year, people might stretch giving out over a longer period of time, and you might so. A lot of different implications here on on the itemized deductions. And so, the, if the itemized deductions go away, the new limit, proposed limit, would be maximum twenty eight percent of your income that you could get a tax benefit on. So that twenty eight percent number versus a standard deduction or itemized. So if, if you've got you know fifty percent that you could itemize, you're going to be limited to the twenty eight percent. So this could affect a whole lot of folks. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, the next one, I think this one's going to be is a bombshell. Retirement savings. You know, when I started out working years ago, I said, put as much as you can in your 401k. Your taxes will be lower when you retire, okay? And most people did that. Well, now we know that may or may not be true because we think taxes will be going up later on. But what are they going to do with contributions to your 401k or IRA? What, what changes are they thinking about making? So what they've proposed, Mike, is taking the current deduction. So say someone contributes, you know, you get a dollar for dollar deduction for your current contributions. What they're proposing is that there's a 26% credit for those deductions. And so it's essentially going to put this cap in there for someone who is paying their current tax bracket. Marginal bracket is above the, above 26%. They're not going to realize the dollar for dollar benefit for those 401k contributions that they would today. So I have an example for this, Matt. So if, if you are currently in a 39% tax bracket and you're contributing to your 401k, you currently get a 39% tax deduction because you're not paying the tax on that 401k. Well, this proposal says you only get a 26% credit. So now you've got what, 13 something percent that, okay, I'm putting it in there. I get the 26 off, but I still got to pay tax on the 13%. Okay. Now in retirement, when I go to pull it out, assuming I'm still in that 39% bracket, I've already paid 13% on it. Now I got to pay 39. I'm going to end up paying over 50% tax on a 401k contribution. Matt, what should I do? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Vote in the next election. <laughs> well, uh, uh, one option would be if you have a Roth 401k and you're going to, you're in a 39% bracket, pay it now, be done with it. You go ahead and pay the 39. You don't end up paying 53, 52, whatever the number may be. Go ahead and do it now. Take the hit now. And then you never, ever, ever pay tax on that again. This is a big one, folks. You've got to pay attention to this one. If you're rocking that your 401k and, and you're getting that huge tax deferral, just know it's going to be capped at 26%. This is a big one. You should be thinking about potential Roth contributions. And if you're not sure, meet with a fiduciary advisor like we are here at Mach 1. All right. 
This is a new one too, Matt. RMDs, required minimum distributions, when you get to be current law 72, the government says you've had it in your 401k or IRA long enough, start taking money out and paying tax on it. What's the proposed changes? Yeah, so they've talked about bumping that back to age 75 and decreasing the penalty from 50% to 25%. So that the fifth the penalty thing is interesting. I think that's a good that's actual positive here. You know, currently if you don't take the, your RMD out, not only is it subject to tax, it's subject to a 50% penalty for what you were supposed to take out. That's 5-0 half of it the government's coming to get just cuz you didn't take it. Right. So that going from 50 to 25 is a is a good thing. Hopefully you're taking your RMD if 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 you're supposed to be, but the age going to 75 defers that out a little bit further, which again I think is a positive. It gives you that flexibility. So this doesn't mean you can't take the money out, right? I mean, so if you need it at 70, 71, 72, you still can, you're just not going to be forced to. Um and then they've even mentioned that po- the possibility that low lower account balances, smaller accounts under 100,000 are exempt from the RMD altogether. Fantastic. Those seem like some positive changes for folks. All right. Okay. Let's get into that estate planning. We talked about this a little bit earlier. Right now, Matt, this affects you. If you have $11.7 million. Yeah. That does not affect you. And you passed away tomorrow, there would be no estate tax. Under the current law, that expires in 2026. And so the argument on this is, hey, it's going to go away anyway. It's going to drop down to like $5 million. Now they're proposing even bigger change to drop it down to $3.5 million. And you mentioned it earlier. Do away with the step up. So if you have a highly appreciated stock and you left it to your children, they would get to own it at whatever the value is at your death. They're going to do away with that. If it's highly appreciated and they get it, they got to pay the tax on it. Right. I think the the estate tax is is a huge deal. 100% and it will affect a lot of people especially landowners right a lot of this stuff goes falls on people that I don't think they're necessarily trying to they're just ignorant on family farms who's gonna right yeah but the step up is massive I mean if if you inherit anything worth any value whatsoever from a parent or a relative you know getting that step up now it's it you're realizing the full benefit and it's not a burden to inherit that without the step up there's gonna be a there's there's potential for a lot of burden um, when you inherit something because there's going to be this massive tax that's owed. So you're going to be forced to sell things you maybe wouldn't have sold. You're going to, and I just think that's going to affect almost everybody in one way or the other over their lifetime. If that goes away. So so the the total lifetime limit of 11.7 is going to go down. We know that in in 2026 is about 5 million. They're suggesting three and a half million. Now, 11.7 11.7 million, not a lot of people. There's some that in that boat. But when you drop it to 3.5 million, then you start capturing a lot more people that's going to pay up to 40% in tax just to inherit something. Right. And, and and then add on to that. So if you've been doing a strategy to lower the value of your estate, you can do something called gifting. Under current law, you can give anybody, can give anybody they want $15,000 a year. No tax benefit. You're just lowering your estate. And that person that receives it doesn't have any tax burden. It's just a gift. It's $15,000. Well, the proposal, the proposal is to limit that now to only $10,000 gift. And the maximum anybody can give away is $20,000 a year. So you only do it to two people. 
it's going to be real hard to lower that estate only doing 20000 a year if you have a massive estate. So knowing all this is going on with the estate planning, what do you suggest they do, Matt? Well, they, I mean, now's a great time to just talk to an attorney. I know, you know, the attorneys aren't free, so a lot of people put it off, right? They don't want to pay the whatever it's going to cost them to go meet with an attorney. Well, that now, maybe more so than ever, would be a good investment is to go pay whatever it's going to cost to meet with a good attorney. If if you don't know somebody, give us a call because we have some really good attorneys that we work with here locally um, that we can recommend. But it, that would be a really good – and your CPA too. If you don't have a good relationship with a CPA, you know, go out and find one. Again, give us a call. We can refer that. We don't do those services in-house, but we work with some really good people here in town. And again, I go back to I, a lot. There are a lot of landowners out there that have a lot of wealth in, in real property, right? Land, commercial property, whatever it may be. And if you don't want to put your beneficiaries, your heirs, your children, whoever it is in a pickle, looking at these things today, looking at, you know, do you want this land to stay in the family for generations? Well, if so, you need to do some planning now because they may not have the option when if they inherit it because of some of these changes, right? And the key word you said there, Matt, is now. Now, we don't know these will pass, but they're being talked about. So if you go do the planning, meet with that attorney, like what if? If this were to happen, how do I do what I want to do and get that information and know it? Right. And we don't think this will be retroactive. If it is, all this goes to is mute. Uh, but let's say it, it does affect in 2022, then you need to be prepared to implement whatever the plan is uh, to protect those assets. Oh, a couple more here. Uh, we're running out of time. They're going to eliminate the tax exemption for like-kind exchanges for real estate. Matt, I, I don't own any rental property like that. What does that mean? Yeah, so currently you can exchange a, uh, an appreciated asset like a rental property or land or something, uh, real estate investment, for another real estate investment um, without... And, and you defer the taxes. You just kind of roll the gains into the next property. And so it's a big benefit for people that are doing this, you know, um, a lot. Um, it can get very complicated and very tricky. But if that goes away, then that's, you know, that impacts people on not being able to defer those gains and those and those real estate investments that they have. Um, won't impact as many people, I don't think, but definitely a big deal for those that are involved in that. And the last one we got here, uh, this is a part of the Green New Deal, I think. Uh, I can't believe I actually said that. So climate change, tax credits. You buy a new Tesla, Natalie, you get you a new Tesla, you get a tax credit. If your resident is efficient, energy efficient, you get a tax credit. You put solar on your home, you're going to get a tax credit. Uh, I actually have solar on my house, so I'm interested in hearing about that one. Okay, folks, let's get to the summary here. We're going to run out of time. If, you have a, if your family has income of 400000 or more, got to start planning the what ifs. Just like Matt said, visit with an attorney, visit with the CPA, visit with a financial advisor. You got to know. If you have a family business, a family farm that you plan to leave as an inheritance, and you expected to receive the step up, which we think is going to go away, again, now is the time to start planning. If you have stock options, bonuses, appreciated stock, you might want to think about realizing those gains this year. Again, Talk to someone first. Don't just run out and sell everything, okay? If you have an estate valued at more than $3.5 million as an individual, you may want to consider gifting this year to lower that estate. And then you might want to consider doing Roth IRA or Roth 401k contributions now and into the future 
to avoid that 26% tax credit on those contributions to your traditional. Any other last parting words, Matt? No, I think lesson is just talk to somebody. Go educate yourself. Spend a little bit of money. Um, like you said, That's I think that's a big takeaway from today for me. Well, this podcast is to give you information to make you think about a few things, and, and these are thought provokers. If this comes to fruition, it's going to impact almost everyone listening to this podcast. So please, if you have any questions, give us a call. Talk to your attorney. Talk to your CPA. Just don't wake up on 2022 and like, oh, this has all changed. I didn't know it was coming. Okay, Natalie. Can you tell the folks how they can submit a question to the podcast? If you'd like to submit a question, if you would email podcast at Mach1FG.com, we would be happy to answer those. Or you can go to our website, Mach1FG.com, and there's a tab on our website under podcast, and you can fill out a form there. All right. Thank you, Natalie. And thank you for producing this show and all the behind-the-scenes work it takes to put on this podcast and make us look good on the podcast. So thank you for that. Okay. We always like to end with a thought of the day. A good financial plan is a roadmap that shows us exactly how the choices we make today will affect our future. A good financial plan is a roadmap that shows us exactly how the choices we make today will affect our future. Alexa Van Tobel. That's very appropriate from what our discussion has been today. Okay, folks, that's it for today. We appreciate you listening to the podcast, and we look forward to you joining us next time on the Mach 1 market moment. Mach 1 Financial Group, Inc. Mach 1 is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular skill level or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit www.mach-1financial.com disclosures.